Hi everyone, it's the Jarl Steinfox here. Um, I know I usually don't ask for this, I don't think I have asked for this before, but if you are listening to this on Spotify or Google or Apple, please leave us a five-star rating, that way the, um, the podcast gets pushed out a little more, and yeah. I know it's just something I I do on the site, I do for fun, I do for entertainment and a bit of education, but you know, it'd be awesome if, uh, if we can grow and have, uh, have more guests on, do podcasts more, more regularly, so five-star rating would be greatly appreciated, so, you know, help us and we'll help you and help you help us all of that. So without further ado, let's get into the show. This is going to be a big one. And yeah, let's let's get on with it. Thank you and have fun. gentlemen welcome once again to the rayhorn pagan podcast this time on the topic of ragnarok and whether or not this has already happened and if it is happening again we are here with um a bunch of people actually this time it's not just me and someone else so um how about y'all just introduce yourselves and then we'll get started, starting with the man who um, brought us onto this topic, Mr. Joshua Fortini. Howdy, Joshua Fortini, Thane and the Pagans. Uh, I, you know, I, this topic's fascinated me and I wanted to bring it to Stein. And you can find us all in the group and see where this stemmed from and uh, See how other members of our group are in here for this topic. I, I think this will be an interesting conversation today. For sure. For sure. Okay. Going from the one Joshua to the next Joshua, Mr. Branch. That is a cool coincidence. Hello. <laughs> uh, my name is Joshua. And today, I, although I am familiar with Ragnarok, um, I haven't necessarily read all of the Elder Edda. Um, or all of Snorri's work. However, I am uh, somewhat more well-versed with Revelation from the biblical perspective. So I'd like to um, bring some of the proto-Indo-European context and Judaic-Christian perspectives to the topic of Ragnarok and see how they compare. This is a topic that seems to um, echo throughout many different cultures. So I like to look at the many different pieces so that we can kind of put together the whole tapestry and uh, maybe reveal clues. After all, revelation means the revealing. So I think in this way, we can kind of chip away at the mysteriousness of it all. So that's what I'm hoping today produces some fruit 
So if you're listening, please uh, leave your thoughts in the comments. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then before we introduce the rest, ladies first, of course, Rachel, take the floor. Thank you. It's good to finally get on one of these with you guys. Um, anyone in the tribe will have known me just by my name as Rachel, uh, one of the Vickies in the, in the group. Um, I'm also on Weaving Spiders. You'll see me as Sunseed. Uh, I have a new channel, Local Goddess, so you'll see that on here if you're watching. But yeah, um, kind of just studying mostly things that line up with my heritage. And this vibes with, you know, my German side. So even though I lean more Celtic, Ragnarok and all those things are very interesting to me. And I'm interested to see how, you know, some of this may be playing out, may or may not. You know, it's it's easy to see revelation play out every couple generations so i'm interested to see if we can find ragnarok's cycles in this so thank you for having me and thanks for putting this out here thank you for joining um new face alan yes alan marcus alanmarcus.com it's a real web page i wore uh this looked gray when i put it on i think it's still gray i don't know if there's a dress code for the gray pagan get together <laughs> I had a gray sweatshirt, but I thought uh-huh. it was too hot to wear that. And echoing what Joshua says, I think there's a lot of maybe parallels, maybe some comparing and contrasting with um, fundamentalist Christian ideas of revelation, the end times, tribulation and rapture and all of that. I have not seen Thor Ragnarok, but all that I could find in any of my searches related to Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok. So I hope we're not talking about a comic <laughs> book today because I am no. tired. That's a movie of, I'm, I'm tired of these comic books and these video games just flooding all the search results with virtual world nonsense and anybody looking for actual, real, historical, important information has to work so much harder to find it. So I'm glad that we're having conversations to make it easier for people to find the information that they're actually looking for. You'd almost think they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, good point. Yep. And last, but most certainly, most certainly not least, Chris. Hi, um, I'm Chris. I frequent the Weaving Spiders welcome show quite often. I also... Um, have my own channel on Odyssey called King of Cups, Cups with the K, because I'm all about the K, just not the K holes. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm very interested in this conversation. Um, so thank you for having me on. I I'm semi familiar with. Ragnarok and other biblical parallels. So I'm excited to have that type of conversation. Um, I also, um, branching off of what Alan just said about the media flooding, um, I find it interesting with Things like Netflix's show Ragnarok um, and how it is being shown in 
media to the masses. So even though there is a lot of flooding, I think um, in certain cases, like in the Netflix show, how they um, try to modernize it, um, I think that will parallel a little bit decently well with um, the topic of today is if it has happened or if it's happening or whatnot. So thank again, thanks for having me and thanks for listening, everyone. You're most welcome, brother. Okay. Um, Fortini, you're the one who uh, who brought us onto this topic. Topic. Um, just to start off, can you explain um, what is Ragnarok? I mean, besides well, a comic and all that shit. Ragnarok is. Uh, it's been mentioned in so many of the texts that Norse and Germanic and a lot of the Indo-European religions are based from um, as the Twilight of the Gods. Essentially, it is a, uh, a coming of moral chaos and a triple winter that just leads to a degradation of humankind and the uh, bringing about of the fall of the gods. And there is a prophesized battle that will happen and uh you can look at it whether it's a metaphorical battle or a literal battle but the way i look at it is i believe it is cyclical and i think we have had a ragnarok in our recorded history and not so far back times as close as the dark ages 536 ad and uh i think we may actually be coming up on another one so i and there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that point to that, and it even leans into some of Nostradamus's prophecy. So there's there's a lot going on with the Ragnarok topic, and I do believe there are a lot of parallels in it with um, with Armageddon and the Rapture and all of uh, all of the Christian tales, um, revelations, the tales to come. I believe are uh, a lot paralleled with the uh, tale of Ragnarok. So I think what we what we are seeing now with the moral chaos is a breakdown of society. And that is literally the way that, you know, it begins is a, a total breakdown of society. I mean, you can even look at the, the trumpeting of Heimdall's uh, Gallahorn, right? And the sound that's being heard by certain people all over the world. Only certain people are able to detect it and they can actually pick it up with instrumentation, but it's outside the normal human scope of hearing. Is this the Gallahorn going off? Is it the Horn of Apocalypse? One of the, you know, four horsemen? Or, you know, are we, uh, are we just looking at this with hyperbolic eyes? Yeah. Would you describe that as like a clarion call in some ways? And other sounds might be the dog whistle of the language that is being used as weaponized language. So you have certain terms that certain people understand like a dog whistle, only the dogs can hear the pitch of the sound so they can communicate out in the open and people can interpret the exoteric or the esoteric meanings. And there's, there's different levels of understanding 
and really working with the information. And it seems that with a lot of this media, the disaster films we've mentioned Armageddon well isn't that a Bruce Willis movie wasn't there a movie called 2012 um all of these Hollywood disaster films seem to be that it's going to be a climate disaster or the worst possible thing that you could imagine well it's already been imagined for you you've already accepted it through the movie you've gone through the grief process to say well you know maybe it's a new ice age or maybe an asteroid strike or something so there's already this sort of mourning that's Mm -hmm. happening amongst everyone thinking that well i might as well give up there's no reason to fight we're all going to end and yet is there a warrior spirit amongst us here today that's saying well we're going to continue to fight for our own family subsistence and our loved ones and our tribe so that's a good one good question yeah and i i think the way we fight the way we we battle this coming I, I think what we have is a man-made apocalypse. I think we have a controlled demolition of the food system on our planet. All right. Um, Starters. It, yeah. I don't know how obvious it could be that the World Economic Forum is saying there's a food shortage and we're coming up on famine. And at the same time, sure. they're telling farmers not to farm. Right. We're coming, on this, we're coming into a controlled uh apocalypse a a moral breakdown and i think the third antichrist and uh and nostradamus's quatrains are is actually xi jinping and i think he's bringing it (laughs) there's a lot that leads to that um there's a lot of it talking about the, the third antichrist coming out of the orient um he he will be uh, like a king of adultery and blood, and there's there's a lot that that leans to uh, it being Xi Jinping. But like I said, we're we're witnessing a controlled demolition now. There's no denying that, right? You yeah. can actually look yeah. at they're they're trying to tell us to get off of nuclear power, get off of coal and petroleum, and kick over to solar power. Yet you can find articles that Klaus Schwab is trying to send up these bubbles that will literally block out the sun. So they're going to convert us to solar power and then block the sun out. I'm like, oh, that's cool. As long as Klaus is the only one that has the remote. Which, of course, they will have a solution for because, you know, it's the the Hegelian dialect. You know, they create a problem, but they already have the solution. And or it's like they they have something, but they need a uh, they need a problem for that solution um you know same with i know we're all tired of hearing it but you know with with covid and whatever like there is no no way that the um that the shots were developed in such a short amount of of time um so my belief is that um you know they they had the shots they just needed something to um to be able to sell it um i see the branch actually raised his hand you want to you want to chip yeah. in wanna... well i wasn't this is a great way to maybe mention you mentioned the shot so that's influenza and enza is italian for giant so perhaps we can talk about the role of the giants in ragnarok because those are also in the bible giants and so there's a really large parallel (laughs) that we shan't ignore 
um, because after all, they were responsible for the flood, which was arguably another Ragnarok. So yes, I think there are cyclical Ragnaroks, cyclical cataclysms um, that do take place. So maybe we could weave on that, or excuse me, weird. (laughs) Uh, Uh, That's why for for Tina and I, we have to... We have done two podcasts on uh, on giants, so you know oh, there word. there is there is so much so much to uh, to discuss. Uh, Rachel, there's, you had you had something? A lot to yeah. there. Just super fast before we get too deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out for anyone listening, and just as kind of a reminder that um, part of the reason, if anyone's curious, that I find that we're making some of these comparisons is just to recall that some of these old stories were written down by Christian monks. So we are going to find parallels between these two things. Mm-hmm. Um, they may exist organically, which, you know, if you have any sort of understanding of primal origin, there will be things that exist organically and there will be some things written in. And that's always debatable, but it's always worth looking at. So there's that. Um And then just, you know, with all these manufactured type of apocalyptic things, uh, a big part of it is taking away from natural cycles. You know, in making this such a huge thing, people aren't recognizing how natural it is to go through breakdowns, societal breakdowns. It's somewhat normal and that these stories are meant to help you understand those larger cycles of humanity, not to freak you out and think that the whole world is ending. It ends. It is supposed to end. It is supposed to regenerate. So just wanted to throw that out before we get too, yeah, too far isn't, down. But. Isn't that what um, apocalypse means? Just like lifting the veil, the coming into a coming into a new age, you know, degeneration, regeneration, ascension, descension. The um, revealing. Of yeah. the bride, yeah, the unveiling of the bride. So yeah. it is a veil that's lifting, but that's for the quote body of Christ, um, which are made up of bread, right? You mentioned that this is the harvest, so Thomas. this is lose day or whatever. Yeah, lot, yeah. So and you mentioned it's the harvest. Yeah. Um, the Bible puts a big emphasis on judgment day coming in, you know, sometime after summer. And I've been studying that period of time and in ancient Egyptian culture harvest was from May to September. So we are in that time where this would be considered like the time of the harvest is over and they would break the axes and get married and stuff like that. And we see this theme in revelation of a marriage, which is actually a pagan type of wedding, um, believe it or not. So there's another way that the, traditions cross um, the harvesting of the harvesting of the souls harvesting of the of the bodies um just a lot has happened chris you um you have something i believe that's why you put your hand up you have something to uh to pitch in i know we're all over the place uh, so yeah yeah um this is great um before we get too far into it um, and this is, a, I thought this was a great point um, just to get the, because I don't really want to focus on this too much, but I think it's, it plays into what we're talking about, manufacturing um, these um, end of time scenarios. Um, 
and going things like food shortages and things like that, um, environmental disasters being manufactured because in Netflix's representation of Ragnarok, um, they turn it into an environmental piece. Um, it's basically Fern Goalie, but with... Um, but Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, poison, it, they're poisoning the town or something, right? Yeah, they, the, the quote giants are these um, CEOs who mm, are mining corporate in the giants. town, and the, yep, and Thor's son, um, one he you know Thor has two sons, one of his sons, um. Um, wants to be friends with them. The other one um, gets awakened by this um, old lady awaken his powers um, and he he's on some type of spectrum and he has medication. He stops taking his medication and he starts awakening to his powers. And he gets um, and they try to, Yeah, and he, yeah. he they try to get him back on the his medication and he turns the pills away and he goes no I choose to be me he forges his own hammer weakens his power and tries to face the giant with his environmental friends um and so they there's they're they're saying in this Netflix adaption they're trying to in the in a very twisting of the you know, the source of Ragnarok they're, they're telling us that um, we are ma- manufacturing a man-made a, a false Ragnarok we are, just like Rachel said it's everything is we're turning away from the natural cycles and they're making us more afraid, you know. They created Y2K. <clears throat> oh, our computers and all this, right? It's been, oh, wow. Throwback. As soon as as soon as the ball drops at midnight, the computer's not going to be able to to handle it. And it's so we're. I I think it jives very well with everything that's being said. That everything is cyclical. cyclical. There's no need to be afraid you know there's times of ice age there's times of extreme heat because it takes heat and cold to forge things yeah. and it's the oh, same image, right fire and ice yeah yeah it's the robert oh, frost poem yeah. how will the world end with fire or with ice Maybe There's a lot of poetry written about all of the all about the end times, and with the some people don't like the word predictive programming, but it could be just imagineering, like Disney does, to show you in your mind how it could be. And then there's this idea: well, it's it's kind of bad. We remember maybe Leave It to Beaver in the 1950s after World War II, how great it was. So let's just hurry up and make it as worse as it can be. Let's immunitize the Eschaton 
on our own. There's Christian fundamentalists who say, well, we have to make it so bad that Jesus will return to the rapture way of the church so we can get out of here and then leave all the pagans and the heathens and all the sinners behind because there's a chosen people. So now that begins with the, the division of classes with Ragnarok. Does the story of Ragnarok apply to every man on earth or just a specific people group or tribe? Is it a local regional thing? I think, I think it's a global. I think it, it, when they speak of Ragnarok, they speak of it as a global thing. It's a, it's like the inundations in the Bible. Um, the, the, the the global inundation and the Garden of Eden and the the next global inundation of Noah. Um, there there's a start and an end, and it usually starts with water traveling at a thousand miles an hour. And I mean, it's wiping people and everything away that's not above a certain point at sea level. And I think we wind up in the situations we're in with these bottlenecks of humanity, where some of the smartest members of society just get wiped away. And the only people that are left are the ones that just so happen to be way the hell up in the mountains, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Hey, we can restart that way. And we have restarted that way, but I, I honestly think that they're, they're numbing us to it again. I mean, look, Disney's last cycle of movies, man, you, you have Ragnarok and then, the the movie where Thanos is just like snapping away half of humanity, and then we have COVID, which doesn't actually snap away half of humanity. So they have to remanufacture a new Phase Five, right? Look at yeah. Marvel's new Phase <laughs> Five lineup, right? Yeah, it literally starts with an invasion, right? And then sure. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now we have an alien invader. We have the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. We have hum- humankind coming back together with the. Uh, um uh there's a witch movie i covenant of chaos right then it leads into the new world order and it's like are are they dropping the hints on us you know look x-files the the last the very last season of x-files does anybody remember what that was about a manufactured virus they put a virus out on purpose oh yeah i've I've seen i've seen clips yeah they put a virus out on purpose so that they could kill half the people with the uh, with the um, the jab. It's called know? a purity, so, purity virus. It, it's it's really messed up. I think they're they're numbing us to this. You know what I mean? We have all these apocalypse and Armageddon movies. Then we have X Files in 2018 telling us a virus is going to come out. They're sure. basically going to wipe us out. You look yeah. and Bill Gates before that. Bill Gates had bought the uh covid um patents to certain covid viruses and right, right. um workings of the covid vaccine he started working yes. on that in 2015 it just as a joke i said afterwards when covid hit i said wow nice false flag what's next another version of smallpox and i posted an article <laughs> the last remaining smallpox and versions mm-hmm. of pox virus oh so right? it's your fault so what pops up next? <laughs> what what know, I'm like hearing with their eyes open can see the shit coming from a mile away. Yet the media is going, don't look up. You know, mm-hmm. like hey, don't, well, that's don't that's the chicken little story, right? Oh, so the yeah. sky is falling. The sky is falling. Yeah. But then there's also the boy who cried wolf, and now wasn't that seems- aliens too? 
there's there's this possibility that there's this possibility yeah the the chicken the chicken little thing but there's there's also this possibility that this is just a large compliance test and many of us don't have the factual tested answers we haven't seen it with our own eyes we're also isolated we're sitting in our rooms talking over the airway the internet the the webs with skynet or whatever it is we're using this technology to talk to each other but really we're not doing a lot of investigative journalism for ourselves so there's total possibilities that everything that happened last two years that's maybe just a giant compliance test or in the realm of dating and mating we have things called shit tests where your partner will intentionally test you to see well how strong are you and if this is a shit test or a compliance test and then some of those jabs well they could have been saline they could have just been salt water they could have been more than that as well they could have been targeted they could have been anything but really we don't know that and that's part of the playing of the fear and in march of 2020 when we all kind of sensed that this was happening you know march friday the 13th again and then by may i was taking all in all the information in i was telling people this is a live action role play they have tabletop simulation exercises where they're playing along but that's not to say that it's only a game (laughs) everything is the game and through their magic and spell and priestcraft that they're going through these tabletop exercises to exercise their right to play this game over all of us and we consent to all of that by standing around and looking up is the sky falling i don't know what's going to happen next and waiting for the next thing to roll out so if there's this idea of there needs to be a resistance well if you're fighting their fire with fire now you're burning everything to the ground and that might go back to the immunitized the eschaton so if there's a ragnarok and it's announced to us with the best course of action if we're boots on the ground where the rubber meets the road the best course of action might be to not put up the resistance to play that game to give them that pushback right we're not playing tug of war we're not going to fight we're going to just do our own thing forge our own path on our own land grow our own vegetables not worry about whether the whole of Demore is regional or for everybody it's for you if you accept it to be for you if yeah. you accept a death sentence from a doctor the doctor says you've got whatever disease you got six months to live well five and a half months into it you know i think i got two months left and you drop dead because you've accepted it if you don't accept it no. I think I think this is going to lead to another dangerous thing, though, because we we see an obvious out, right? We see that if you want to break the societal chain, you have to step out, grab a piece of land, get yourself some chickens and some vegetables to eat, and basically cut the ties. You know what I mean? Yeah. We sure. we've, we've so far detached ourselves from it that for a lot of people, it's freaking impossible to even conceive. For some of us, we can't wait. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are just waiting for the right moment for them to be able to get out of the cities, get out of these populous areas and start something. But here's where you wind up with a dangerous thing, right? Just like with the witch trials and the pagan hunts, pagan means country folk, earth folk, farm folk. All right. 
how just because you were pagan and out in the woods doesn't mean you're a monotheist or a polytheist or anything like that. But they see a tribe of people break away and isolate themselves. They automatically see threat. Mm-hmm. Right now we yeah. are in the age of communication and information. Sure. So we can minimize threat just by communicating. You know what I mean? If there's communities in one area you know, one community can communicate, hey, we just got raided for guns by the government. Everybody else can arm up and get ready. They don't get blindsided by it. You know what I mean? But when they start doing these odd moves for guns, I think it's going to I think it's going to stem off into uh, something horrible or and I let me just say this. Call me crazy, whatever. I've had a couple dreams that have led to things that I've witnessed manifest in real life later on. Right. And I have a recurring dream that I had when I was 15, 16 years old, had it again when I was in my 20s, had it again in my 30s. I had it again just recently. And in this dream, I'm traveling. I'm coming north in Florida. And it never made sense to me before up until this year. The last time I had it, all the the teeth just fell into place. And I'm coming up the road and I'm, I'm heading north. And about 60 miles north of where I am is the Space Force base. Right Uh now in my dream, I don't realize it back then, but I see this mushroom cloud. Now I'm coming up into my neighborhood and it's not close enough that it's a threat, but we can tell we need to get the F out of Florida. So me and my family are in the process of getting out and we see these alien spacecraft right Uh now. Later on in my life, I've read the book, Behold the Pale Horse, and I've looked at a couple of theories on government and false flags. And what are they going to do? They're going to stage a war. There's going to be a nuclear arm that goes off, right? But let's say somebody attacked us. What would be the first thing you think they would attack? Would it be D.C. or would it be New York City? Why? What would that eliminate? What, what threat would that eliminate for them? They're not going to hit a populous area. They're going to hit an area with strategic value with the first one. Yeah, they're going to hit you're going something for the army bases. They're going to hit something that makes sense. Now we just formed this fifth branch of the military called Space Force. Right. Right. Any weapons we send now are coming from suborbit or beyond. Right. We're dropping mm-hmm. God hammers straight out of the sky. We're not sending drones on you know low aerial assaults. And I mean, yes, we do have drones that we strike with from nearby, but when we want to hit a target far off, we got to get beyond the stratosphere, launch something, travel it halfway around the world, and then drop it straight down. Now we have these bombs, we have this capability, right? And we can see that there is some kind of nuclear tension building, right? China is currently saying that if Pelosi travels to Taiwan, they're going to shoot her plane down. Would that trigger a nuclear war? Would Taiwan shoot her plane down and then immediately launch a nuclear bomb? There's been a lot of third on. Right? Did not even give us time to respond. I mean, a lot of people in America don't even realize that the global currency has already been replaced. China and Russia came together, formed a currency based on precious metals and gemstones, and they have based that as their global currency now, and every other country that wants to trade with them is using that. The U.S. dollar used to be that. We, you, we made all of our money on the debt from borrowing and paying that money back. Yeah. Now, yeah. that and the petrodollar. 
Now Joe Biden's cut the petrodollar by a third, inflated our dollar to an outrageous extent. And then China and Russia just devalued the crap out of it, right? At the same time, we knew we were going to have farming ripples from COVID when certain things were stopped. A lot of small farms and small businesses, you know, small sellers of produce and meats closed down. These farmers- Food production plants have been blown up. Yeah. Food plants burning down. Now, granted, food plants burn down every year, but we've already had a higher percentage this year than any other year. Mm -hmm. So, and we're only halfway through the year. So, I mean, we're, we're already at a point where it's starting to look funny and it's, it's already starting to smell funny. You know what I mean? And if it looks like a duck and it, it, it smells and walks like a duck, it's obviously a duck. Right. Yeah. But- speaking of, sorry. Uh, speaking mm. of um, like nuclear weaponry and, and such, um, there is a lot of talk in like conspiracy circles and whatever that um, they would drop a bomb like that either on New York or like close to New York, causing a huge flooding as uh, as you'll see in the the day after tomorrow in the movie for example right. which makes me think of uh like one of the more i believe it's one of the more recent batman films that um i mean gotham is kind of like new york city meets uh, new chicago york. i believe and it, it's one in the in one of the most uh one of the more recent ones uh when ben affleck uh, played Batman that like he had to carry a huge bomb like out on the water to prevent Gotham from blowing up. So even even that stuff you'll see like sprinkled through in um, in more popular media and and such. And um, yeah, just that that popped into my mind and was like, there's just so much. Also in the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, everyone's favorite sparkly boy. <laughs> the Riddler blows up um, this area to make Gotham flood. And mm-hmm. Batman has to save everyone and guide them with a flare through the flooded area. Well, I don't think that's the them. twilight of the gods we're talking about. We're talking about Ragnarok, right? <laughs> well, yeah, so here's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in circles. In circles. Let's yeah, get into that a little. Let's get into that a little. Oh. You know, I mean, consider who the gods are, if they're our ancient ancestors, if that's who we're supposed to be. Are right? they vampiric? If we're that talking Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of them sparkle. <laughs> but, but, you know, may. Super, right. super That's true. Baldur might... The- <laughs> new superheroes are the new um right, manufactured the new gods. Gods, right yeah, yeah. to keep That's us from like from our own sovereignty and stepping into that twilight ourselves right so yeah. let's get into some of that symbolism if we're talking climate change you know if and if all the gods die um fighting basically the elements i mean that's how i see loki's children as different elements of nature so you know you have thor who fights the midgard serpent he fights all the time with the midgard serpent what is that symbolism he's the everyday man you know what does the midgard serpent do it holds the world together you know i'd love to hear some of you guys insight do apart from 
you know, the manufactured nonsense that we're seeing, do we see underlying evidence of these cycles still playing out at their natural rate? And we're just not paying attention. You know, are we seeing this happen? That's, that's what is being put off on the climate crisis. The, the, our, our climate change, yes, humans are contributing it, are contributing to it. But are they contributing to a point where it's going to stop or, or change it to the point where we're going to stop ice ages from happening? Absolutely not. You know, we're going to go through temperate and tropical times and we're going to go through ice ages and it, it's going to happen. And there's yeah. nothing that humanity can do, no amount of um, fossil fuels we can stop burning that's going to stop that cycle from happening. You know, the, the Earth's natural cycles, and this is the thing, you can battle the Earth's natural cycles all day long, but Mother Nature's going to win. You know what I mean? And I, I honestly think that Ragnarok is more of a, a, a thing of humanity, not so much nature. I think it's the, our societal rise and fall. You know what I mean? It's, the it's bars, the climb yeah. of a society to a pinnacle where humans have freedom and value and every person is equal. And then all of a sudden you wind up in a moral decline where some people get higher value and lower value and wealth buys them more value. And then you have social credit scores which are the most absurd thing in the world. That's like being able to buy sins from a church. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know the what I mean? Indulgences. Oh. Yes. Of the blue marks, right. the blue check marks on Twitter. Yeah. Some animals are more equal than other animals. <laughs> I can fly around on a private jet if I donate a million dollars to recycling. And that's the balance that they have in their head that they're, they're trying to justify when I, I'm sorry, but this, this cycle of our earth is not going to stop. What we're, what we're seeing is a rise and fall in the conscious of humanity and in the mass conscience of, of people, you know what I mean? And the belief in the gods and our following with our community, you know what I mean? Who, who anymore is tied to their community? You know what I mean? Very few neighbors yeah. even know each other in society. Everybody's been otherized to a point where your your neighbor may not may may no longer even be interested in being your friend because you have a flag outside that offended them. You know that's that's so true. I I live in in a apartment block and I am in contact with one of my neighbors, maybe just just the one next door, and I like basically live in in between a couple of people. You know, I have one like on the. Well, now how how I'm sitting, I'm, I got one in front of me, I got one in the back of me, I got one above me. I'm in contact with one of them, and that's that's mostly only because um, he has worked the same job as I did for forty years. He uh, forty years in the kitchen, like I can't imagine. And because like when I'm not at home and there's a package delivery, he'll take it for me. You know, so that's it, it's really that why i'm in contact with him everyone else i mean some of them i know their faces maybe one or two i know the name of but that's that's really about it it's more apparent in more populous areas too you know because like when you get out into the country like i live in in a 
an area that's like a small neighborhood. There's no double stack buildings. You don't see a two story house for miles around here. You know what I mean? And the neighbors still somewhat know each other, but they knew each other before all this craziness started to happen. You go to a city where people are cycling in and out of these apartments and condos, and you've got new neighbors every six months on one side of you or another. Nobody even bothers to get to know anybody. So you're going to wind up with this moral breakdown. You know what I mean? Of people just not caring about the society, about the building they live in, about their neighborhood, the parks they play in, you know, and like you look at San Francisco, there are actually people paid to pick up human feces off the sidewalk because they're encouraging people to stay on the sidewalk and do drugs. You can't tell me that's not moral chaos and decline, you know? So, and then we're so coming... before, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but we're, we're coming into the three. Josh, relax, bro. Chill. Give, give, <laughs> give other people a chance to. I know, I know, I know you have a lot I want to say. tie this in. <laughs> I want to tie this in, man. Um, I really like what you're saying, Joshua, because I think you, you bring a lot of really good points on the disconnectedness that we have. And listening to you, you know, talk about us going out into the country and getting our own land. You know, that's a totally different type of disconnect if you think about it. Because if everyone's got several acres to themselves, you probably won't see your neighbors. The only reasons you're going to see your neighbors are for very different reasons other than the manufactured society we have now where we're living in each other's spaces. You know, if you live in an apartment, chances are you're touching someone's aura on your above, on the below. You're always in each other's space whether you see them or not. So, you know, it's very different type of connectedness and being in your space. But I do want to hear what Joshua and Chris have to say too. Yeah. Um, Ranch, you you raised your hand and have been for a while now so um <laughs> sorry man go ahead it's 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 chaos that's cool um so i'll just mention a few points and then if somebody wants to take over that's fine but uh so again how does it all begin right twilight of the gods so if it is cyclical a twilight's the end of the day right so one of the things that come to my mind was how in egyptian mythos uh, Osiris embarks on his bark of heaven and it's like this boat that he sails through the night sky on and he fights Apep which again is another serpent so yeah. um, I find that similarity interesting um, so that if there if it is cyclical and we have had many Ragnaroks then uh, I think what we refer to as the Ragnarok is the last um you know, version of Correct. this. So like with tribulation, for instance, it's the great tribulation. Um, there's been many Christian tribulations as well. Like you mentioned the third antichrist. Well, there's a figure in revelation that has incarnated. This will be the eighth time when he shows up. So he's like this worldwide tyrant that has only been on the earth at that time. There'll be the eighth. So whether it's three or eight, you know, um, so we could, you know, perhaps compare those to giants or something like that. Um, but um, Heimdall is supposed to be the watchman of the gods. And so this is all kind of heralded and signaled by the blowing of that trumpet. And when you said that only certain people could hear it, I didn't know that. So that could relate to like the ears having the hammer and anvil and the uncus. Those are the three parts in the ear, which very weapon warlike sounding, mm-hmm. which would make sense with Ragnarok. So a question of mine would be like, so what, you know, we posed the question earlier, like, what do we do? So what is the role of humanity 
in Ragnarok and, and how are those people recruited? How are those fruits harvested? Um, whether it be by the Valkyries. Yeah. uh, Just the, the people from Midgard, like the, the people actually still alive, not in the, in the halls. Um, Josh, before you go off, I know you have a lot to say about this. You're going to go off on another tangent. I know you by now, Chris, you had something to say about this too. Um, um yeah um i'm glad i I went after the branch um (laughs) because it weave away it it kind of plays onto what he was saying um i as you know we're talking about cycles and so um i'm i'm very fascinated in in looking at all the different cyclical units that different cultures have, have talked about. And um, one of the ones that interests me is um, the Yuga system. And in the Yuga system, yeah. we're in the Kali Yuga, which is the last cycle or the last phase of, of that cycle. So we'll be, yep, we'll be ending that cycle in 2025 is supposed to be when the Kali Yuga ends. I just looked it up to reconfirm it. It's 2025 is suggested for the the Kali Yuga to be ending. So that means we'll be starting a whole new cycle of a whole new will. So is that will is it the same cyclical system or is it a brand new cyclical system? So is this Kali Yuga that we're, we're in, is it, um, is, is that the, the Ragnarok and is in that case, is the Ragnarok just meaning that it's the end of us on this cycle? Will we be starting a new cycle? And who is placing that cycle? Is it a, natural cycle coming from you know god you know source spirit or is it one that it is man-made you know and i i don't think i think that is the the choice that um we will be making i don't think the answer is to play go off grid and isolate yourself as we've been talking about um I think since we are in the age of information, I think there is a way that we we can prepare ourselves. Hear hear the trumpets, because as Josh was talking about the trumpets and how only certain people can hear it, that's just like a dog whistle. Only dogs can hear a dog whistle. So if we can hear it. The, the trumpet on the horizon, right? And this is what this discussion is, is talking about. We are, we are recognizing that we are hearing the trumpets from wherever we are. And we're, we're, we're learning how we ourselves need to um, prepare for whatever that trumpet is signifying. It's signifying as we're talking about Ragnarok. So how do we incorporate what we have to bring it over into the next cycle? 
that it's still harmonious with nature, but it's still keeping us connected and bring in what we've learned from this cycle. Because there, that is is the big thing. When the cycle is complete, there is a time of reflection, of integration, of you know breaking out of the chrysalis, you know, rising from the ashes, if you will. That's that's a good thought. That's, pretty loaded question chris <laughs> no it's 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 really it's, it's really a good one it makes me think too like mm-hmm. aren't we coming out of the uh the age of aquarius and uh coming into a um a new age i mean debatable. i know there's there's literally a new age but <laughs> debatable how so i i, I don't know that i subscribe to the age of the aquarius thing into the age of aquarius thing <laughs> Right. If anything, if anything, we're entering the transistory point, which can last about now you have to correct me. I can never remember how I wrote it down. (laughs) It's a big difference. So someone correct me. It's like 25,000 or 250, you know, 500,000 years of transition between these ages. So transition time is always chaotic. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, so if anything, we're just going into that transition, because if you look at the actual sky, um, all of those things are still happening in Pisces. Like we still have several degrees to go. If, if the procession of the equinox is real, then we still have quite a few degrees to go before we actually hit it in the sky. And those are the actual energies that we're dealing with. On the tropical clock, sure, we could be in Aquarius because it's a perfect circle you know, divided into perfect little things, but nothing's like that in nature. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the transitionary you know. period makes me uh, think of um, the little season as described in the Bible, where um, Satan supposedly walks the earth and um, is like free to, um, to try and recruits people, deceive people, um and you know if you look around you there is quite a lot of deceivement and evil deeds going on and i i know we have um uh branch you're more well branch and uh alan you're you two are more versed in um in that i'd I'd like to hear your opinion on that because i that could um, like kind of relate to uh, to Ragnarok as well, because you know if you're coming out of it, that's that is the uh, the end of another cycle. Well, no one knows the day or the the hour of Christ's return, and what is Christ? Are we getting to like Christ consciousness? And if you're talking the Satan or the devil or the Antichrist, well, you know, if we're getting into actual definitions of words, well, an Antichrist would be something that is against Christ. So that would be like a death principle. You have Thanatos and Eros, you have life principles and death principles. And if there's Ragnarok, is that going to just focus on the death principle overall, over overcoming the life principle where you know, there's there's less sunlight, there's less nutrition in the soil, less things are growing. If there's barium and aluminum and things that are being sprayed and falling to earth and there's an induced water shortages and all these things that man can do or big corporations can do or the elite or the people in power, the people that can organize troops, boots on the ground to then push for these food shortages 
and supply chain issues on purpose and all of these things. Well, then if they're aligning themselves with the natural cycle to then maximize the death principle, to maximize the amount of people that are going to starve and suffer, then that feeds off of the fear that people already have, that it's already coming. There's something we can do, which pushes people into this learned helpness this position where they just go into a corner fetal position nurse themselves with drugs and alcohol and they've made the drugs and alcohol affordable and they're handing it out to everybody and yeah. if it's an essential business well the liquor store stayed open throughout the last two years but the churches were closed down you'd exactly. meet in a parking lot at a church no but you could meet at a bar and have a tailgate party and drink all the alcohol you wanted so then the life affirming principles and the healing practices were deemed non-essential and were shut down and going back to what we were saying earlier about well if you abandon civilization and you go off on the land maybe you're going to be suspected of being a cult or a splinter cell you could have a waco situation you know, and they're already saying like homegrown terrorists. So they've already have the vocabulary and the the watchwords to look out for. You know, it, here's the snitch line. If you if you suspect that more than you know the family members in a house are showing up to a house, well then you better call and report it because that's too big of a gathering and that's a big threat to I don't know what everybody else. Well, we used to have private property and you could do what you want, but now you have neighbors encouraged to snitch on other neighbors. And if neighbors are already upset by just the smallest things that a neighbor can do, which is deemed unneighborly, well, then where is where's the trust amongst men? And the goal seems to be dividing further and further down the line with, we said, pronouns. Well, now I'm offended because you improperly address me. You don't even remember my name or what I'm wearing or what I had for dinner with you, but you're immediately looking to be offended to further divide and isolate yourself and say, well, I am such a special case. I'm so unique. And this is the, the idea of saying that my struggle is more of a struggle than your struggle. And it's an, it's this race to the bottom to say, well, I am, I am handicapped in this way. I'm crippled in this way. I'm neurodivergent in this way. And I'm so incapable of taking personal responsibility due to all of these factors, which are completely out of my control. Mm -hmm. It's the learned helplessness. Does that figure into the Edda and the Ragnarok stories? I, I believe these will be the, the harbingers, the bringers. All right. These, the, the dead weight upon society. You know, the, we have we have systems and every society should have systems to help with the elderly and the weak. All right. And as as any religion, I, I think, on the earth right now could agree that is probably a good thing. OK, we don't kick our elders out into the woods and make them take the long walk anymore. You know what I mean? It, it, it's the, the way that we've set up our society. But now we are getting to a point where when our elders go into these nursing homes, we're detached from them. You know, we're, we're like you said, yeah. the church is yeah. the first thing cut off in, in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Now, you so much stuff going on. That pandemic, I think, was the trigger to it. You know, it, sure. was, it was what allowed them to roll the ball so much faster. You yes. know, because yep. this plan was yep. going to get played out no matter what. The you know, there, there's... And we complied right. with oh, too much and they just felt I think free to do it all. Somebody and said, where does that that's such a fear of death? Time? 
is it is it a fear of death that <laughs> is being programmed and if there's such a fear of death now we're talking about having hospitals and people are saying well go and film your local hospital the the death process is something that most people never experience they have a hospital mm-hmm. for that they have hospices for that they have uh, people that care for that and the families don't have to sit with their family members as they're passing over so there's this process that is completely foreign to so many people and yet they're so afraid of it so instead of fearing the ragnarok fearing the apocalypse fearing death understanding that that is something that happens to every man now you can speed that up you can slow Mm -hmm. that down you can go in your own time in your own way and yet, if you separate yourself so far from it and say, well, you know, 80 years from now, I'll probably be dead. But yet I could walk outside and, oh, there's fear because there's all the, the gun violence concerns of mass shootings. Well, where did that term come from? So everything is this sort of we want to keep you focused on death, but we want to pull you away from actually experiencing a natural passing. Yeah, now so, I so think afraid of death that we're um, that we're not even living. You know, the the walking the walking dead, basically. They're focusing us on the death when we need to be focusing on the life. We need to focus on what can we do to make this a better place. You know what I mean? And I I think somebody said, "What is humans' role in Ragnarok?" You know, what did the general mankind that's still alive do? And I think that's literally our place. Our place is to supply strength and faith to the gods. I say it, keep the old gods alive all the time. You know, that that is my thing. That is that is how I will, you know, basically pass forth my morals and values. You know, my sons, I have three sons. They all have the option to research whatever religion they want to. They've always had that freedom. You know what I mean? My oldest son is now dabbling and coming into the group and he's reading and questioning me on, you know, certain topics. I think we have to keep religion in the forefront. I think we have to keep our moral values high. We have to keep something positive and make something that will last. You know what I mean? And in in doing that, we will leave something behind for people to see, people to say, okay, this was a good thing and this was a bad thing. I'm going to go towards the good thing. You know what I mean? And instead they're focusing us laser sharp on the negative, the death, the be scared, the fear mongering, you know, keep your eyes on the sky, look for UFOs. You know what I mean? You can't tell me they're not desensitizing us to this UFO phenomenon for some reason. Okay. All of a sudden the FBI just decides, Hey, we're going to declassify all of our UFO files is what they tell us. Then they declassify like a third of them. You know, like the Adam and Eve story, you know, the, the, the CIA gets a hold of a book that is the creation that is literally translated directly from its original text into English rather than passing from like seven or eight different languages. And you get a whole different picture of it. Well, this dude wrote a book and, and with the direct translation and it triggered the CIA to seize it. And well. they seized it. It was seized for 60 years. It was classified. Then they re-released it, but they only re-released like 15% of it, you know, 57 pages out of 300 or something like that. And you got to look at it. They're, They're tearing us away from religion. They're literally doing it intentionally. What do we do for Ragnarok? We keep the gods as strong as we can with our faith. 
we soldier forth. We try to leave something behind. You know what I mean? If our kids are the survivors, we leave, uh, you know, a small village for them to fucking carry forth and farm and, you know what I mean, live their life in. We give yeah. them the knowledge on how to keep the cyclical calendar in their heads and how to, you know, harvest at certain times a year and how to rotate crops. And this is information that's being stolen from kids now. You know, when I was in school, I learned how to rotate crops and, you know, sharecropping and how, how farmers used to trade with their neighbors. You don't hear about any of that in school now. And it's sickening. You know, the, the Rockefeller Foundation is yeah. tailoring our education system to keep people just smart enough to keep moving forward with the corporate machine, but not question it. You know, yeah, and, and any anyone in 4-H was made fun of. Anybody who lived on a farm was made fun of. We don't respect these people. Anybody who was in the animal husbandry was made fun of. You're saying, oh, P.U., you stink. You smell like the farm. Get out of here. Yeah. Why, why is that? I don't know why that needs to be. And does I, that need to be changed? We, we need to say, hey, thank you, farmer. You're yeah. important. Yeah. One fun plot twist. Um, wouldn't it be great if we could do what our ancestors didn't and maintain our religions but somehow all get along. Like maybe we could stop killing each other over our beliefs. That'd be and great. If there, you know, if, I mean, I <laughs> will acknowledge that there are certain belief systems that believe in some really kind of garbage human behaviors. And that's something that needs to be reevaluated. It's like, Hey, you have a lot of good truth that source can confirm. And I love that. And it's beautiful about your culture, but maybe we should stop hurting children or each other, or, you know, maybe those things could start to go out of fashion and be unacceptable as yeah. regular humans. You know, I think we should find healthy ways to balance the darkness, the truth of darkness, you know, and those sides that, that appreciate that, because I think that that's something that we don't know how to do because negative and positive, you know, even just on an electrical scale, those are both necessary. So we have to develop a healthy relationship with negativity and darkness and understand what they are, what their purpose is and find a way to, yeah, 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 there you go. I mean, that's, that's the thing is understanding that give and take and not reveling so much in one side or the other. Polarity is part of the material realm. It's a necessary part of the material realm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So You know, I think that's something that we could do better is getting our religions to get along without government interference and mandates and and programs and all that. Doing it on our own, having conversations. We we have to stop blurring the lines between the the genders and, and understand that each gender has its strengths and weaknesses. And not everybody falls into the spectrum of being totally masculine or totally feminine, but it doesn't mean we need to take those children and give them puberty blockers and scar them for life. You know, there's so many decisions being made for people nowadays, and they're saying it's being done for their good. You know, I I think that uh, we have a breakdown and in order to get past it, we have to somehow get over that breakdown in communication between two factions of people that have become so far separated in ideals that we're, we're, we're sinking, you know, there's no way you can hold a society together when one side thinks it's okay to kill children and another doesn't, 
You know what I mean? You're not going to find a common bond in there or a happy medium. You've got two sides that are hard divided. You know, definitive decisions have to be made in those cases. You know, where it's like this is absolutely unacceptable. Sorry, not sorry, type of thing. You know, and that's I think that's healthy. Branch, you have something to add to this. Uh, Sorry that I don't keep up with the with the hands up. Um, oh, that's but... cool, man. It's the second time you've done it, so it's working. Uh, so I have a few things. So I know I'm just kind of like we bob in and bob in and out here. <laughs> oh, but uh, speaking of the sky falling in Revelation six thirteen, it mentions the stars falling from the sky, which is something that I think does happen in Ragnarok. Um, and so this is a scene that's transpiring as the seven seals are being opened, and the four horsemen are riding out. Um, uh, somebody asked you, you asked earlier, uh, about a timetable of some sort. And so the little season, uh, well, nine twenty three, two thousand seventeen 2017 is when revelation 12:1 was supposedly fulfilled in the night sky with uh constellation and celestial movements. So that's not something human influenced or anything like that. That's like, this is a time sky clock kind of thing. And so that, um, would put us at roughly 2023, which kind of lines up with the date Chris gave earlier to 2025. And I shared in the Greyhorn chat, um, the timetable for the various strains of the Enza, uh, culminating with Omega strain, which is Omega is Greek for last or great. So, um, again, various types of Enza would be various types of giants so I would wonder if we looked at the story of Ragnarok, you know, what is the sequence here where giants are debuted and inter- and introduced? You know, uh, Surtur, for instance, is a really rough one. <laughs> so which yeah. stream would represent him, right? Um, and of course, there's the first and the last. But And one other thing I wanted to mention real quick was uh, Matthew 13. It talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares and about how uh, he'll let them both grow up together, the wheat and the tares. And then the time of the harvest, which again today, lose day, emblematic of the harvest, uh, also in line with the biblical theme. In Daniel 2, there's a giant metal statue, again, a giant, quote unquote, metal statue that is uh, destroyed with a stone that falls from heaven. Well, that uh, it might be Daniel 2, 10 or something like that but it's in chapter two but it talks about the seed of man mingling so this goes back to the giants mating with men and women and producing these nephilim um and then one more thing i wanted to mention well not one more thing but um giants ate humans too so when we're talking about these you know killing children and eating babies and cannibalism and all this sort of stuff I don't think that's purely human influence. I think a lot of this influence is coming from the giants, which, uh, according to that parable, have been bred down to our size. They're no longer 36 elms tall or whatever measurements were given. They're like now our size, but still prey upon humankind in the same way. And in this way, it kind of reminds me of that Ragnarok uh, show that Chris was talking about because it it does cast the giants in that light where there's very, very few of them because they're inbred, blue bloods, et cetera. 
but they own these corporations. They have political clout. They live for God knows how long until there's an input to them. <laughs> and then maybe that's what Ragnarok's all about is like their secret can't be kept any longer that the giants are really behind everything and ruling everything. And finally, maybe that's our role in all this is singing the sagas, <laughs> singing the verses and telling these stories because that's the last thing they want is for that to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because then their end is 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 because they know they can't change what is written. So there's something about the Aesir, you know, having this ability to speak things. We see this in Sumerian pantheon as well, where they declare the end at the beginning, and so the spoken word is somehow really powerful. And I think that that's an element that we should really be looking at in Ragnarok, uh, because Odin was given the runes and sacrificed his right eye for wisdom and he did these things from as far as i can tell to try and benefit humanity to better the odds of the inevitable ragnarok so to speak so um you know in that same way the word was given to humans uh by jehovah at mount sinai so in that story we got the logos descending from above and then we got odin scrying the runes from below so you got the tree up top and the tree below, which yeah. I think it's the same tree. It's Yggdrasil. But uh, so I, I would really be curious to know if there's um, a way to maybe like make a Rosetta stone between the runes and Hebrew that there would probably be a correlation between the two. Oh, um, for like sure. The... If you just look at the um, at the Yggdrasil and the uh, the tree of life in um, in Judaism or as the uh, as the Hebrews um know it there are so many similarities between um between the two and um as we already kind of talked about before we uh before we started recording there are a shocking amount of similarities between um Ragnarok and the end times as um as described in the bible you know with um with trumpets and um Heimdall with uh, with his nine mothers and that that may be uh, maybe the muses and just so many connections but uh, before we dive further into that Chris you have something to say I believe you've had your hand up for a while now so oh yes um, I just gotta say I like how you ended with muses and if people don't know i do a pirate radio show um called fool's bard so we're talking about muses music trumpets um and it makes me think of how you know and carrying on these stories you know as branch just mentioned saying these stories because that's the last thing that they want um and back you know back in the day of bards they would um the bards would be the ones that had these stories they they wouldn't be written down anywhere sing it Um, chris yeah sing it (laughs) so one of the first things um you know that they they did to 
um, kind of supplement the church in more modern times was they created this whole manufactured um, counterculture of like, you know, the whole like idea of Woodstock, right? And all these alternative um, musicians to make you feel like like you're achieving something because they are they're barge they're singing false um oracle prophet songs right um and they're dark bards if if you will um and to pollute Ooh, the, the the airways um so you're like the you're search results the so you're not hearing the trumpets. Um, and one of the things I, I want to tie into what the other Josh mentioned earlier when he mentioned the, quote, declassification of UFOs. When they did that, they also changed the term UFO to UAPs. So not only are they, quote, declassifying it yeah. and giving this partially... Um, um, you know, censored, picked, handwritten experiences. They are um completely rewriting it. They're they're doing this this separation um by giving it a whole new name. So you have you know, and around the same time it was as the 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 music. Um, thing as I was mentioning, you had the contact E period becoming really popular. So these are two um, substitutions yeah. for religions, right? Instead of going to church, you go to a music festival, um, you know, or or you go to a convention that is where people that love aliens things. Yeah, you used to. to go to church to take communion. Now it's well, I'm going to commune with an extraterrestrial or an otherworldly entity. It's it's yes. it's all just programmed, and then you even see the with the eyes. Well, what do the eyes look like? Yeah, you know the the forbidden part of a woman, but then the head might look phallic. So then you have this this fear Ooh. of this generative mm-hmm. principle here. You have the fear of man and woman in a natural marriage creating new children. Yes. So everything is to divide and conquer, especially the war of the sexes. Now with the music, I think that's that goes into well, sex drugs and rock and roll and you have a decline mm-hmm. of western civilization due to all the music and if we can listen to ode to joy and then listen to a billy eilish song for a new james bond movie no time to die and you're like well sounds like she's just kind of mumbling she's not really singing but this is supposed to be a really great song so now you're not going to say well this is kind of a lesser quality a lesser talent perhaps in popular music today <laughs> everyone's a soundcloud rapper well sure we're not saying don't have a hobby don't don't sing for joy but yet we're not going to say that's the same level of skill that someone dedicates their life to operatic singing and voice work and learning instruments and really creating high levels of music and music is just as disposable as anything else in culture so if we're throwing it all away we're not valuing anything so why would we even 
work to achieve a high level. And our homes are built with the lowest quality materials. Why? Because, well, Ragnarok's coming. So we might as well just build with cheap materials so then it could just be washed away in a flood. We're not thinking long term. We're not thinking stone structures. And even if we have stone structures in Georgia, well, boom, we'll just push those over too. So why would you even build a stone if the whole point of that was to survive a Ragnarok and a lot of people get really upset or people will celebrate. Well, they just, they destroyed those stones and they had tenants on them. Well, the whole point of those were to survive a Ragnarok. Weren't they, weren't they supposed to be a Rosetta stone to say, well, if something were to happen to mankind, then the goal would be to maintain the population, meaning repopulate the earth to get it up to that level. And everyone was thinking, Oh, that means they're going to kill us to get us down to that level. Well, the intention could be seen both ways but really it's the litmus test to see well how do you view it if you think this is a symbol of evil and hatred and disrespect for mankind well then you're going to fear it but you could also respect it to say well this is a work of art this is telling us to then hey if the population gets too low mankind's going to have a real hard time everyone's going to struggle but if you can maintain a population and you can maintain a community and cohesiveness well then everybody's burden is lessened now the american dream is i'm going to turn 18 i'm going to move out i'm going to get my own apartment i'm going to live on my own away from family and then you're going to struggle working and trying to get whatever you can and then and then with the decline of culture you have this the the war on the sexes again and it's noted that cell phones are now these mirrors that everyone's taking selfies with so instead of seeing a wide vista with nature taking over the entire screen and man just being a little little piece of it now you have the screens turned so everything's focused on man but it's not focused on man it's focused on woman who's now doing her dance as a nurse, as a TikTok star, and now you're valuing the the ability to to glamour magic, the glamour magic aspect of convincing men. And then on top of that, you have filters. So now you're getting further and further away from the natural world. So when you do see someone of the opposite sex face-to-face, you're like, you don't quite look like that uh, selfie I saw with the smooth skin, the perfect makeup and everything. I don't even know if my body's having a physical reaction to even want to ask you out to see you again. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think maybe I'll just I have an anime pillow over here that I'm just going to snuggle up with. All right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if, if that doesn't say the decline of civilization, then I don't know what does. And yeah. uh, with yeah. the like with the pop stars, um, it's it's cool that you mentioned it. Like going back to um, you know the the heroes like Captain America and Superman. You know they are our new gods, as are the pop stars. You know we're supposed to worship people like you know Katy Perry and Beyonce and whatever. They are the new goddesses and. Sure. You know, especially in, um, you know, the the more pop music or um, hip hop, because that's, you know, hip hop rap, it's more, more out there, more aggressive, you know, those. Especially I don't want to mid- get a real job. I want to become a hip hop star. I want to become a rock star. And yeah, they have this idea they're that. They're cool. Yeah, they have the money that. and all that, you know, they have everything I want. I want to be like them because they are, well, they are God 
to me, you know? Right, right. And it, it goes with lottery tickets. Wasn't there a huge sum of money awarded to somebody recently? But can that be proven? Yeah. So there's well, always this, yeah. this, this stick with a carrot at the end of it where people are chasing unrealistic goals and going nowhere. And now they're upset about it. So now if there's an aspect of nihilism in a person's life, it's because they don't have achievable goals that are realistic. And if the achievable goal is to become, hey, I can plant a crop, I can, you know, learn to sew, I can learn real skills, help my family out. That's a boring thing. And that's not going to impress people on TikTok unless it does. Does it? There's some pretty good bushcraft channels out there. I had a little bit left of what I was saying to tie it back into Ragnarok. Um, I would, and I'm glad that Alan and we had this brief um, little thing added before I, I finished what I was saying because I think it plays in to what Alan was mentioning a lot, especially with the uh, worshiping of, of, of the woman now. Is I was going to mention, um, you know, you have this video of famous people like Steve Harvey putting on skincare that's made out of foreskin. You have this talk about um, placentas and everything. And then you have um, on the new season of Stranger Things, which is very biblical, you have um, which the branch and I recorded our own conversation about it, um, which I'm still editing because it's so long. But I wanted to mention how Vecna um, is is missing the, the his eye, right? Oh yeah, and which which plays into what the branch was talking about so you have stranger things one of the most stream things talking about this this biblical you know um revelation that this this end of times you know the the merging of the two i think that's um another thing you know we're talking about these superheroes and you look at the multiverse of madness and this idea of you know um Everything if everywhere all at once, and anime is like like Steins Gate. This it was like these, these parallel universes. Are these really parallel universes, or is that just them? You know, dividing us more. Is it is it it separating us from spirit reality both? Yeah, or, or they're, is it they're basically cycles? Yeah. They're, they're they're stifling us by keeping us in different reality bubbles and and what that does is it stops us from keeping a dialogue with each other right and i mean it it, it totally breaks the communication line when you automatically prejudice a conversation before walking into it you know and it, that's that's another tactical step of you know separating humans into groups you you get us divided before you can confuse us and conquer us you know and there's there's a couple things that that were said earlier. The hiding the giants. All right. Mm-hmm. Now the the giants of Ragnarok. Here we go. Um, North America has a lot of 
giant lore in it, right? Now we have quite literally a president of the United States who slipped up and mentions giants and their their uh, remains being found all over America. And this president gets offed a couple months later, you know? Then you have another president threatening to declassify CIA documents and he gets offed a couple months later, right? And I have this big, you can call it a conspiracy bubble or whatnot. Me and Stein have discussed it before. The uh, the elite families of the world have worked together for a long time just under the church to conceal a lot of this from us, right? And there are quite literally thousands of remains of giants that have been found all over the world that the Smithsonian gets and destroys. There are boat captains that have said, you know, we were told to go dump this load in the Atlantic. We didn't know what it was. We start dumping this stuff and I see a five foot femur roll out. You know, these people thought it was dinosaur bones. So they kept one of them, tested it and found out they had human DNA, you know. And I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy stories of the Smithsonian wiping away history, you know, and they, they have cave paintings. There are several Smithsonian archaeologists that were caught literally using acetone and wiping away cave paintings that depicted the ant people along with the giants, along with humans in one setting. You know, why is that dangerous information? Why does that need to be erased? What are they trying to hide? You know, and what would it hurt if we found out that giants were real, if it was a common knowledge thing? You know what I mean? We can look at humanity and it, the, the odd thing about humanity is every other species on this planet has a ginormous ancient ancestor from the, the Paleolithic or Triassic or Cretaceous or eras later on, except for human beings. It jumps straight to Gigantopithecus, right? Which is not an ancestor of us in, in my eyes, okay? It is a close relative, but not an ancestor of humankind, all right? There, there may have been a genealogical tree that was split and then further DNA, you know, uh, differences were made, but we do not fall directly in the genealogical line of Gigantopithecus. All right. Branch. Now all these giant skeletons being found all over North America, the, the Smithsonian who's tied in with the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts, by the way, which the Vanderbilts are the voice, the, the Rockefellers are the, the planning behind it. They're putting forth a school curriculum and everything. And the Smithsonian is the arm that reaches out and wipes it all away with this other group called the Trappist monks. Right now I've mentioned several tales of giants, you know, in, in somewhat local times, even as close back as the uh, Benjamin Buckland case in new England, right? The guy that was eight feet tall with double rows of teeth and six digits on his hands. Um, his You'll skeleton have to listen to was, our podcast on giants for the, yeah. the full details for that. So just just a little plug in between. Thanks for mentioning the six his, fingers and his, toes and the teeth. Yep, his grave was desiccated by these Trappist monks who, after being in their possession, his skull disappeared. You know, or sometime between them and the historical society of Rhode Island that was holding it, but it it, it disappeared. You know, and now this is the one thing they were going back to test scientifically and they found every other bone in that grave that was reported by, you know, every witness that ever saw it. And there was a lot, you know, there was newspaper reporters, science Brown knew who Benjamin Buckland was, knew where his grave was, you know, and all of the sudden his bones are the only ones that have disappeared along with every other giant skeleton the Smithsonian's got their hands on. 
I'm just saying they're hiding something. They're hiding it in plain sight. With the national park system we have in the United States, we know they're hiding stuff, right? And you can look at, at all these areas where burial mounds are, right? People will discover a burial mound and all of a sudden it's a state park and a nature reserve and you can't touch it, right? And we have these areas that, that just pop up all over as soon as something's found. All of a sudden, you, you're not allowed to research it. You can't touch it, you know? And I, I think that that, uh, that says a lot that, that we know that giants existed. There's tales of giants in the Bible, you know, Genesis, what is it? Uh, Genesis, Genesis 6, 4. Genesis. You know, it, it tells of the, the sons of God coming down and breeding with the daughters of man, right? And now you look in, it, we've discussed this also. We have proof of giant footprints, some of them as big as four to six feet, just one foot pressed right into the side of a mountain, right? Now, we have all this evidence, yet it disappears. And they're telling us, you know, don't look at this, look at that. Don't focus on this, focus on that. You know, be scared of death, be, be fearful of viruses, be scared of everything around you to the point where you isolate yourself from every one of your neighbors and, and community mates, you know? And that's what we have to bring ourselves back to. Somebody else mentioned the, uh, the biblical apocalypse, right? Revelations, the pale horse, the, the trumpets. I think the pale horse has already happened. It's Anthony Fauci, right? His name, Fauci, means sickle, right? He is a, yes, an Italian right. who is a pale shade of green. And the pale yeah. rider was a pale shade of green. He rides on a horse with pestilence and death, right? And what does Fauci bring? Everything that Fauci touches has the AIDS virus in it. I don't care what anybody says. The vaccine has parts of the AIDS virus in it. The coronavirus has parts of the AIDS virus in it. They were doing that, the, the research on that in right. the Carolinas, where our government said, hey, you can't do that here. And they took the lab to Wuhan, right? And then they're saying, oh, no, that wasn't gain-of-function research. It's ridiculous, right? And then on the, the subject, the third thing I wanted to say, the subject of the, um, the stones in Georgia, the guide stones. Those blew up, okay? They were a, a footnote for future humanity. But there was a lot of uh, speculation about who wrote them, what their intent was, what the motive was. And yeah, I think, you know, Alan's right when he says it's, it, it reads a lot into people when they look at it as to what their interpretation of it is. You know what I mean? Because everything can be told just by the way somebody looks at something. But there's a little piece of that that all of a sudden just disappeared. There was a time capsule under that thing, man. Wasn't supposed to be open until 2025. Yeah. Where's yeah. the time capsule? All of a sudden, nobody's talking about it. We talked about it on Weaving Spiders Welcome when we interviewed the one man who was arrested for stealing a stone. And then when he tried to return it, he was arrested. So we talked to him twice, two Saturdays in a row, about that specific <laughs> story. Oh, dude, that's that's awesome. You're going to have to share the link. I, I, <laughs> I want to I hear that. I want to see that. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. Oh. Also, sorry. sorry. I was gonna say really quickly. I forgot to mention earlier. uh, You guys, you're reminding me. um, Since you said the year on 2025 again, um, the season five of Stranger Things comes out in, which is the the final season, where, you know, it's the big final battle of the two um, dimensions merging of. The mind flare, Vecna, the final battle, you know, the final Ragnarok moment that comes out in 2024. 
Oh. That is when that season's supposed to be released. Subliminal so prepping. Wa- yep. I want I want to do um a I I I'll need to do a birth chart um reading for the release date. Um because usually there's always something astrological happening with the release dates. So I'm wondering how the birth chart for that lines up with with that time period and this whole Ragnarok and prepping as as we're talking about. But yeah, go on. Sorry, I just you guys reminded. No, that's really yeah. good. No, yeah, that's that's, you, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, I like that you're looking at the sky clock because I think a lot of people do. And one of the unfortunate things I think that's happened to Northern traditions is if anyone was using it in the same way, those records have been lost or destroyed. So it's hard to say, you know, we could look for signs of Ragnarok in the stars, but I would, the only caution I would have with that is using the Greek Zodiac. We can weave that in. Absolutely. We can weave it in. Of course you can, but it would, I wouldn't say that it lines up exactly, you know, to say, Oh, well, you know, when does Odin fight the wolf? You know, it's probably not going to be when you think it is. It's to me when I'm hearing it and on this cycle, it fits in with the wheel of the year. So it's probably going to be on just a grander scale of a larger season, you know? So when would it seem logical that I, I mean, I think, you know, when does man totally lose it to his nature side? When does he go berserk? Because that's ultimately what happens to Odin by getting eaten by Fenrir, right? That's what he was afraid of when he bound Fenrir in the first place. Tyr had no problem with Fenrir, if we recall. They were buddies. They yeah. hand fed each other, you know? Like That's interesting. Making fed, peace uh-huh. with that side. Yeah. So, so Odin only chance. imprisoned him because of the prophecy, not because of his deeds then. Yes. So he's like yeah. kind of like the minority report. He's being punished for his future crimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, see, that's, him... that's a difference sorry <laughs> no no go ahead sorry i you were, um, you were done yet yeah that's just really quick um and we touched on this briefly uh when the branch and i were on odin's alchemy talking about ragnarok um it's it's not so much about judgment being passed it's more like this is what happens consequence action and and so that's yeah. that's the only big difference that i see in those things and odin trying to escape his fate. I mean, what would any man do? You're destined to die and you know about it. You know the day, you know, that you're supposed to go. You might not know how, or maybe you do, and you don't want to do it. <laughs> so you're going to try to avoid it. But the thing about the fates is, is that it's set. Um, I think somebody mentioned the Valkyrie can actually change your fate, but I don't know if they just change which hall you go to. I don't know how accurate that information is, but as far as I know... Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, your fate is set. And and that kind of works with the way that I've been viewing fate now. Um, you know, fate is kind of everything that you've come from. Destiny, like middle path type of thing. So fate is what you have. It's what you've got to work with. Destiny is your greatest potential. You can choose to operate from fate, which would be the fear of death. Or you can go on to your greatest potential knowing, yeah, I'm going to go. And you know, most people don't know how they're going to end. They just know that they will. 
And so if you know that you will, then live your best life. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I think that brings around the, the, what happens after Ragnarok, right? You look at Ragnarok and it's a total destruction. And what comes out of Ragnarok is several gods, of course, but the human names, I think it, it tells a lot of it because you go from death to coming out of Ragnarok and the two surviving humans in, inside of uh, the tree are life and pulsing with life, you know, lift and leaf racer, you know? So I, I think we go from an era of dying to an era of living. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're at the end of a cycle. The, the cycle we're in is, is coming. There's nothing that can be done. We're going to come into another ice age. It's who comes out of it are the ones that are full of life and pulsing with life, you know? Then now we, we do have the several gods that come out. And I think it tells a lot which gods that they decide are going to live beyond it. Balder, the shining one, and his innocent brother, Hodor, who accidentally killed him with mistletoe. And uh, I mean, he's Balder is the resurrected god. But I mean, if you look at Balder, he is not just a Norse pantheon or a Germanic pantheon god. Baldur is also Baal, okay, B-A-A-L. You know, the temple of Baalbek was the temple to Baal. And then the Romans at some point knocked down the top layer and built the temple to Jupiter, I believe it was, on the top of it. And that's what they call it to this day, right? But it was, I mean, the area is called Baalbek. It's the city of Baal, you know? It's the Valley of Baal or the the, the area of Baal or whatever. But, I mean, it, it, it the name of things, it tells us a lot because... The, the words are how we communicate, you know what I mean? And things have very set definitions. And in the past, that was known. There was no blurry line, you know, between, you know, what is a woman? It, it's known. A woman is an adult human female, period, the end. You know what I mean? And Baalbek was the city of Baal. Now we have the Temple of Jupiter laying on top of it, and it doesn't make any sense. So we're looking back historically going, you know, there's, there's two things we're looking at who the hell moved these stones <laughs> and why did they decide to rebuild on top of it? You know, like, like, look at Petra. Petra is, you know, claimed as a, a Roman city. Look at every detail of Petra and tell me there is any speculation that there is Roman symbology pictures or anything in that city. No, you know, and even the people that, that were there before the Romans came in said, we found this city like this. It was buried in sand for a thousand years before we got here. You know, then the Romans in 90 AD or whatever find it. They undig part of it and start using it as a center again, right? We have areas all over the earth that we can tell that a cycle happened. People died off and something started anew, and you know? Petra and even has a um, a big role or very important role to play in the, um, in the Bible because... I believe that is the place where Moses um, like with his staff, like touched the mountain and water came out of it. And um, I don't know the, the full story. I, I've, I have been there. I have been to, uh, to Petra. It is absolutely amazing and ginormous, like, and built into, um, into the mountain, into the stone. And there is a cave system there are two where people actually still live 
you know it's, it's and not just for i don't know like touristic reasons or like whatever you know like oh, literal caveman no like people actually live there they still live in the mountain it's it's fascinating um branch you have something to add yeah thanks for calling on me um rachel mentioned uh fenrir and odin earlier and when it happens um i would like to suggest that there's also some alchemical representation here because in alchemy and uh we have a figure the gray wolf which consumes gold and this is a certain stage in alchemy i think it's known as antimony and so the antimony combines with the gold and eventually you get to your aqua regia and you know gold um but it's this certain stage so i would wonder if uh because in, we we have the green lion that consumes the sun and the moon in alchemy as well as the gray wolf that consumes gold and then here we see Fenrir consuming the sun and the moon and Odin. So I would wonder what, you know, what, what does Odin represent in that alchemical process? So we've discussed on some other shows. Um, I think Benjamin Balderson mentions how it's, uh, and, and Gabe even, uh, how G-O-D can refer to salt, uh, sulfur, and mercury. And so maybe in this sun, moon, and Odin thing, we're seeing that kind of a process as well. Because um, the Bible does talk about pouring the spirit out in these in days as well. So just like where only certain people might hear the horn, certain people pick up, you know, that frequency of that vessel matches the frequency of what is, whatever's being poured out <laughs> of that cornucopia or whatever it is, um, then it shall be filled you know, and, and sloshing with mead even perhaps <laughs> drunk on the spirit. So um, I would just suggest that maybe there's some alchemical elements here. So as you read the stories, try to see if you can pick up on those things as well, because I really do think there's something there. And um, earlier we talked about Hjormunger and how Thor and him fought routinely. So I'm of the understanding that Humonger quakes, quakes and makes earthquakes when he moves and shakes, and um, and that maybe it's it's when he releases his tail that's supposed to be one of the opening moments of Ragnarok. So not only yeah. do we have this horn, but we have the an event. Um, so if the world serpent lets go of its tail, maybe that would be rumbling, and. Uh, Christ tells us in the Gospels that there shall be earthquakes in diverse places as one of the signs of the end times. So there again, I think it's kind of interesting to draw those parallels. And, and Thor does, even though he uh, is the long-time adversary of the Hjolmunger, he does die in this, but it's in a strange way. Um, so he what gets bit. And he's supposed to take 10 steps back, but only takes nine steps back. And so he dies. Like I've never been able to understand the finer details behind that. So I thought maybe that was representative of like mercury poisoning because in the stage of alchemy, too much mercury can kill you. Right. So um, I wondered if that had something to do with the venom. Because um, <laughs> another word for virus is venom, you know, so again, these sorts of 
things crop up and it's kind of hard for me to ignore the possible alchemical uh, implications because what are they really doing? Maybe they're performing alchemy on us and we don't even realize it. Um, certain types of high magic and low magic and everything in between. <laughs> frequency. That's, they're yeah. flooding the air with frequency. FM, shortwave, highway frequency, microwaves. They're tuning people up and agitating us with radio waves. You can't tell me that 5G doesn't have an effect on the human psyche because we've already done the experiments and found out that it completely gets people high strung and they're dropping these 5G towers everywhere and they're running them at a one to 2% capacity. Now here's my question, right? If they put a 5G tower out and they put out a tower so strong that they're only allowed to run it at one or 2% or it'll start to cook people, why did they make it so strong in the first place? Why did they make it so that they could turn up that other 98%? Why is it even an option? It was created as fence. The patent is for its electronic fencing. Like you put those little white flags out in your yard for your dog. That's 5G yep. technology. So the, when you let them put the chip in you or the whatever, the juice, you're basically setting yourself up for that. Whenever they do turn it on, you'll, be subject to the boundaries of that fence. Yeah, there's certainly a, a dividing line in our timeline between, you know, before the towers went up and after the towers went up. And in December of 2019, all of our neighbors gathered together because one person in our neighborhood received a letter from the city stating that they were, there's a proposal to put up that fifth generation tower in a parking lot next to his house. Now, the law somehow was written that only uh, it was within like 50 feet or less than a hundred feet needed to be notified. So that was one person, one house. And he got the letter and he went to his neighbor. Did you get a letter like this? No. The two of them went to the next house. Did you get a letter like this? No, nobody else in the neighborhood had gotten a letter. So we had gathered together to go to the city council meeting the last one of the year in December, Merry Christmas, I guess. And then we were like, well, we don't like the idea of you erecting a tower in our backyard and then not telling any of us, first of all, not alerting all of the neighbors, but doing it in a, in a sneaky sort of way. That's not cool. But then what they did was they said, okay, well, they put it up in their parking lot in the city council's parking lot. Now, there was laws that said you couldn't put it next to a school. It couldn't be too close to a school. Well, why not? health concerns why can't you put it so close to a school why is there zoning restrictions but yet you wanted to put it in our neighborhood and when we said no we don't want it in our neighborhood you guys just said okay we'll put it in our parking lot instead mm -hmm. yeah it's a, it's a scary thought man it's a scary thought the fact that they have those towers sitting there and all they have to do is twist a little dial and they can literally cook you inside your home half a mile away you know, no, the, in, the, the circuit board has COV nineteen on. By the way, well, that's a weird thing that's well, got shown online. Look at uh, look at what happens to uh, graphene when it comes in contact with a five G tower, and then look at all the different vaccines that wound up with graphene particulate in them. Right? 
if you put 5G next to graphene, it starts to collect together, coagulate, and move, Ooh. right? So you now have people in these stadiums running, playing mm-hmm. soccer, and they've got all this graphene in their bodies, and you've got all these 5G cell phones in the and stadium. And all of that is concentrated into that bowl, and all of a sudden you've got soccer players dropping that are perfectly healthy males having heart issues and falling down. Right. And it's almost like they're eating them in a way. Mm -hmm. Just just think about the term sudden adult death syndrome. Right. How new of a thing is SADS? Right after COVID 19. Real sad about it. Well, there's there's also joy. They say that people are dying from joy now, also, which is the name of the drug in the Resident Evil series that just came out. Uh, it's derived from the T virus (laughs) it's actually derived from the T virus and they call it joy and it's supposed to make you happy and like you can cut yourself and not even care you know or whatever like it just I recommend watching Bioshock (laughs) they even mentioned COD twice on the show it's honestly it's not that great I just watched it because I knew it had some (laughs) gems in it and it did so they mentioned COD a couple times and then uh, there's that Mm -hmm. But yeah, joy. Yeah, there so are when I saw that story, it really shocked me. Yeah, that that Resident Evil show came out on Netflix the same day that the whole um um I had that conversation and someone brought up cannibalism to me. And then a few hours later, I saw the New York Times article um, trying to say that now it's time for cannibalism, um, which we've yep. already. Um, connected to Ragnarok um, but the other thing I wanted to um, connect some of what we're saying to Ragnarok is firstly the branch mentioned um, as more of a metaphor of the serpent releasing its tail breaking the Ouroboros so breaking the cycle so when he grabs releases the tail you know, that is the cycle is complete. So that um, gives us that again, going back to what I was saying earlier about starting a new cycle and what the, does the Ouroboros a lot of times indicate the death of a serpent. So if mm-hmm. he's releasing his tail, he's not dead, he's alive. So it's not death, it's rebirth. Um, so is Ragnarok more about a rebirth than a death. I think I it think is. The, mm-hmm. I think the serpent is a symbol of the tectonic plates. I think the serpent, Ragnarok, it says the serpent is under the ocean and he is so large that he's forced to sit with his tail in his mouth. Right? And then something happens one day where his tail comes out of his mouth. Now, look in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and there's this mountain chain called the Azores. It's partially underwater, and part of it, what we see is Bermuda, right? Now, the Azores, we know through recorded history, have been out of the water and in the water, right? And there's several colliding of our uh, tectonic plates, where the earthquakes that Jormungandr creates, where these plates crash together, and all of a sudden, these mountain ranges rise up out of the ocean, right? And sometimes encompass these giant island chains called uh, Atlantis and Lemuria. And, you know, you have to wonder 
how many island nations have sunk just from tectonic plate shifting, you know, and it was it a comet that fell out of the sky? Was it a God's wrath or was it just the natural cycle of our earth moving that caused these entire continents to sink below the sea? You know, that was their Ragnarok, you know, and we say it's cyclical, you know, there, that wasn't the mm-hmm. only bit of human civilization yeah. at the time, yeah. but when Atlantis sank, you have gods that spread out all over the earth. And some of them wound up in South America. Some of them wound up in ancient Egypt. And Isis herself said, you know, I came from an island of gods that was struck down by an angry god. And she, she, you know, vocalized this and it was in the tablet of Isis. You know, now you look and Isis isn't just an Egyptian god. You know, if you look at uh, Tacitus, Germania, they say that uh, Isis was also worshipped by the uh, Germanic pagans. Now, were they talking about Isis or were they talking about hell? Or was it a, a parallel with another god? Or but they found it similar. They found it similar enough to relate it. You know, a, a, a goddess that is part death and part life, half black, half white, you know, in one world and the other. You know, she straddles the line between two worlds. She rides the line of balance. You know, and and this is a God that they found a parallel with to the point where they related her to Isis, you know? So, I mean, was it hell? And that's another thing that gets me with this Marvel movie thing and the, the almighty Johnsons and the new Ragnarok series, all of the disinformation comes out of that. All right. Like hell being Odin's daughter aggravates me to no end that they put that in the movie. Why couldn't they have just said she was Loki's daughter? I mean, did it? Did they have to change that so much that they upset the, the the actual facts of Norse mythology in it, or could they have kept it true to Norse mythology and still had a good movie? You know what I mean? I think they do that intentionally to throw people off from the real stories because you know you have this group of Marvel fans that are going around calling themselves Vikings and they're quoting things that they heard yeah. from the Ragnarok yeah. movie and. <laughs> from the dark world and it's ridiculous <laughs> so really quick sorry no, go ahead. <laughs> i want to backtrack a little bit to jormungandr because it made me think of this one day i'll find this image i cannot remember for the life of me where i saw it somebody's probably seen it if you do please send it to me um i've seen this image of a star belt that the earth passes supposed to pass through mm-hmm. and there's a break in the star belt. So there's a cycle where we move through it. It's rotating as we're sitting here. And at some point we pass through that break. And if you look at even the sky clock, that is an essential part of time. I mean, you can map this out with the moon, this like new period, that break where you have life, 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 life. And then what we believe to be death, you know, it's, it's really that, return to Ganunga Gap. It's that return to the void. There's a period of void where it's like you're that butterfly and you're in the goo spot. You know, you're you're goo right now. And then, you know, we go through that whole period of being goo and then we're reborn. So it's almost like Ragnarok kicks off that, all right, it's time to become goo again. It's time to go through a major metamorphosis. And whatever we, you know, like a chicken nugget dreamland, chicken nugget dreamland yeah. with that with that goose stuff. And you're talking about the 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 serpent with the 
its tail in its mouth. And then if you have the never ending story with Oren, the, the glory there, we have two serpents oh, intertwined yes. and all the symbolism of that. And then speaking life into creation, but then also we have the Lemniscate, the, the infinity symbol and the Mobius strip, a strange loop. And if there's a strange loop or if there's a time cycle that that's just on loop, if you break that loop open and then timeline will continue and you'll get out of this sort of strange looping thing. But then also the mention of the Mobius strip gets us to Mobus, which was mentioned before we began recording, I think. I don't know if we want to get into that. I'm going to go grab some water. I'll be right back. Sure. So we're, 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 we're finding patterns in the stories. We're noticing when things are changed. Certainly that's important to the noticing the watchers, watching the watchmen, watching the watchers. It's that observer effect and that we play a role in the co-creation by observing what's going on and then passively observing it and allowing it to continue, giving our consent for it to continue. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Jarlstein Fox here. These are the first two hours of our Ragnarok podcast. If you want to hear what we get into over the next hour and a half that the podcast still lasts, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash greyhornpagans. Subscribe to our $5 tier or above, and you will get access to the full podcast. I promise you it's worth it. The next hour and a half are very, very interesting. We dive into a a lot more things. So if you want to get access to the full podcast and every other podcast two hours or longer from now, again, go to patreon.com slash greyhornpagans, subscribe to our $5 tier or above, and we promise you we'll make it worth your while. Thank you very much, and see you on Patreon. Bye, guys.